When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. Loud, impetuous, impetuous, often words spoken without even giving a thought to them. Just ridiculously confident. But not now. Now, I I had no words for anyone, not even myself. I mean, what could I say? That bold, brash Peter cowered like a child when he should have stood like a man. Some man. Some man who on on the eve of the Sabbath spoke words that betrayed. And now, those words wouldn't stop speaking. Just reminding me what I had said. Woman, I I don't even know this man. How how do you do that? How do you do that to to someone who promised that you would follow even to death? To someone who had loved you so much. And yet, when that time came, you did the unthinkable. And the Sabbath, the unthinkable was all I could think about. This Sabbath, there was no no Sabbath rest. There was was no escape. Instead, just overwhelming turmoil and and grief. And and Sabbath, when you're supposed to worship? I mean, how do you worship when when worship wouldn't come? Oh, understand, I I needed it to. I, I needed to find God at this time like a time like no other. But... Needing and finding are, are, are not the same thing. And, and more than me finding God, I, I desperately needed him to, to find me in my so desperately, hopelessly lost place. Oh, oh don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that, that God may not have been close, but he sure wasn't in any way that I could feel. And I needed him to be. I I needed him so badly because he was the only one who could possibly make sense of what we had just witnessed. I I can't even begin to explain the ugliness of it all because you'll never understand. Oh, you'll hear words and descriptions, but but we were there. We, We were watching the horrific 
seeing when we would rather have been blind and hearing when we would rather have been deaf. And can you tell me why? He was the last one deserving of anything like this. But, but what difference had that made? Not deserving hadn't stopped the whip. Not deserving hadn't stopped the mocking or the devilish driving in of the thorns. And tell me, by what measure does deserving in a cross add up? And yet, as I sat in my darkness, I understood in a way that was beginning to make sense to me. I, I, I played a significant part in, in putting him there. But a beating and, and a cross? I mean, how do you make sense of that? Had they only looked, they would have seen the amazing that defied understanding. They, they would have seen only things that God could do. I mean, who else speaks a word and the leper is made clean or tells the winds and the waves to stop and they do? And who else heals with no more than a touch or fills the waters with fish that moments ago that weren't even there? And more than that, who else speaks life into places where death has already delivered its sentence? And if anyone understood the amazing then, then it was me more than anyone else. I knew better how amazing Jesus was because I had experienced what the others hadn't. I held heaven's power when he rescued me from the waves. I was beside him when he gave back an ear that I had taken, given back as if that face had never been touched. And on a mountain with James and John, I, I, I watched, I saw his, his glory, heavenly glory. And yet those that, that took him with swords and spears, they saw none of these. It's not that they didn't see the amazing, because they were watching when the blind was given sight, and then they were watching when limbs stretched and strengthened as if they were born that way. And they were there when a lunch was turned into a banquet, and, and with breath that was gone from a child returned as if it had never, ever left. They witnessed all these, and yet they saw none of it. Their, their unbelief, unwilling to see, unwilling to believe. How, how do you see something? How, how do you see something but refuse to see it? But I had to ask, was, was I really much better? I mean, how was I to answer for betraying the only one who is true? So easily letting it all go... If everything I knew to be true as I warmed my hands by a fire and as I stood before a guard and most incredibly as I responded to the accusations of a child. So don't wonder why on this Sabbath I don't find any rest. Instead, only tears and indescribable torment that Nothing would stop, not sleep, not scripture, not prayers, not words. Instead, 
I was just encased in my darkness, far darker than that night when I stood around a fire. I envied the women. They were just so different than us. Uh, They didn't hesitate to let the tears flow. They seemed more, I don't know, honest with their grief. I mean, we were more in confusion swirling around in us than to be honest uh, with our own grief. Now, don't misunderstand. We had grief. I mean, I don't even know how to... I can't even describe the grief that we had. It was grief and it was confusion. It was like an overwhelming storm wrecking havoc within us. We were, it was, it was inexpressible despair. We were just that low. Despair and fear. If you think of us that night, we were, it was just fear, like We were like insects trying to run from the light. It was a dark place. And all we wanted to do is run. We didn't care where we were running. We just ran. Not even thinking of where we were going. We just knew we had to get away anywhere but being there. We were even them grabbing at my tonic tunic. (laughs) I was in this place of, I just wanted to escape, and no matter how many, somebody tried to grab, someone tried to hold me back, my fear, my willingness to escape couldn't stop me. I just wanted to escape the hatred, the torches, the swords, the demonic dressed in the religious. But in that moment of us running, We took very little thought of who we left. We left him there. We left Jesus there, facing what evil had in mind. I would like to think that if we knew what would happen next, we would have stayed. We would have given our life for him. But we hadn't. And even if we were to repeat it, we'd probably do the same thing. Just run. So the shame, that shame kept us silent, incapacitated. We were paralyzed. So yeah, I envied those women who did what we couldn't, moving about as if disconnected what we just witnessed, even though I know they weren't. Instead, they were focused. They were focused on what they would do as their last thing of honoring Jesus. Their love of Jesus was expressed with their tears. I mean, they were like a spigot. They were just, the tears were just flowing, and then in one moment it would shut off, only in another to pour out again. Days before, they would not have imagined just visiting a tomb, carrying spices to anoint the one they loved. But again, but then again, who would actually put themselves in those places? They just came to Jesus way different than we did. 
We came. We were just in the place. We were called to follow and we followed. We were just a, a bunch of ragtag fishermen. We were the unspectacular. Really, that's what we were. But Jesus saw us differently. He saw us with a greater value. And value wasn't something that we would use to describe ourselves, let alone Matthew, a tax collector. I mean, he was despised. Even us had a hard time allowing him, accepting him in that place. But some of those women, they knew what it was like to be despised, to be used and abused and then cast aside of value when it suited someone, but disdained when their use was considered done. But Jesus, he spoke worth. He had a way of saying, I value, not in the shadows of a person, of a man, but valued as a one created, value as one reflecting the everlasting God. Value reflected back from his own eyes. Yeah, no wonder those tears flowed. They flowed so easily. But those tears would not get in the way of what those women had in mind to what they would do, determined to do the next day. Early in the morning, they would get up. They would go anoint Jesus' body. They would tell him, they would want to give that last tribute to him. Man, if we wouldn't have been so lost in our thoughts, we were so caught up in who we were, what was going on in our heads. It was like the mind and emotions. They were separate. They were strangers. We just couldn't get our heads around even to think about who's going to roll away the stone. And better yet, we should be the ones going. But as has been proven, we were better off. We were good at just running away. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, I've been running and hiding ever since that night. 
running to escape, to escape the demons that reminded what I had done, and hiding, yep, hiding, just, just lost and tormented, knowing that the last look that he had for me, the last memory that he would have was betrayal. And, and with this death, every hope I ever had, every hope I wanted to see that was just dead, and death, death had won. And as the last few days had shown, hope, hope just seems like an illusion because it, it, it doesn't stop the inevitable. In time, reality just sweeps in. Death and disease, they still come. I mean, John the Baptist still died. Mary's husband, Joseph, he still died. And Lazarus, in a day to come, when we don't know when it would be, he, he would also die. So the sentence was only delayed. It, it, it wasn't defeated. And now with Jesus dead, everything was dead. Hope itself was dead. Until. <laughs> until the women told us things. They, they came running to us, telling us things that were too unbelievable to comprehend. And what they said seemed like just nonsense. But their faces, their faces spoke truth that our eyes couldn't deny. They, they had seen him. Their look was even greater than the look the three of us had on our faces that night on a mountaintop when we, we saw him in a way that we'd never seen him before. His face was radiant, and ours, it just captured some of the same, same glory that came from him. And just like just like these women's, their faces were glowing. They were still wet with tears, but these weren't tears of grief. Instead, they were tears of, of wonderment, of, of amazement and joy, overwhelming, radiant joy. And, and talk, just one talking over another about angels and don't fear, and, and he's not here. He's... <laughs> there was more being said but as we got up and hit the door. But, but John and I couldn't wait to hear more words. We needed to see for ourselves the things of which they spoke. And, and so me, much more than, than John, because of things said were true, everything changed. Everything. The priests, the soldiers, the, the Romans, everything, whatever. Whoever they saw themselves to be, they, they were just players, actors in a, in a far greater play. <laughs> As I ran, my thoughts just swirled. I remembered Lazarus and that other time when a dead child just bolted upright when she was brought back to life. And, and could it be that we were running to see the very same thing? Because if what the woman told us were true, his life defeating the grave, then nothing would ever be the same. Life could never die. It would be forever. And that was something only God could do. I didn't have to understand it all. I, I just had to believe it. And that's why when, when we got to the tomb and John stopped just outside the tomb's door, I, I had to keep going. I wasn't going to stop at the door. I couldn't stop. I had to go in where he had lain, had to be, see what we had been told. And in that moment, I knew I, I, I really knew everything he told us, everything that we hadn't understood came into heaven-sent focus. Destroy this temple. 
And I will raise it again in three days. Or the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and will be raised again on the third day. He wasn't talking about a building. He wasn't talking about some rocks. He was the temple of which he spoke. He was alive. And though I hadn't seen him yet, when the angels told, what the angels told the women was true, he has risen just as he said. As light filled the place where death once lay, I knew I was forgiven. A, a forgiveness that was given, not earned. I was forgiven of my foolishness and my sin. I was forgiven of my failures and my unbelief. I was forgiven of words that were rashly said and the life recklessly lived. (laughs) The tomb, I am free. I am forgiven. Amen. So what does the resurrection mean for you and for me? It's easy to remain in the story, uh, to recite it, to revisit it, to remember it. And some of us, we've taken one step farther. We believe the truth that this is what has happened, that Jesus came and died and he rose again, that we have this risen, resurrection life that we can experience, like, like Peter and John. They experience forgiveness. They've experienced the, the, the fullness of life. But let me ask you, as I ask myself, do you hear him saying, I value you, that you are important, that you are created in the image of God, marred maybe by sin, brokenness, but that he loves you, Will you respond to him to realize he did this for you? He did it for me. He went to the cross, but he didn't stay there. He rose again to give us that newness of life, to give us hope, to give us forgiveness. So I come to another question that Easter brings. What does it mean to live this resurrection life? We could all say, stay in the Easter story, but what does it mean to live day to day in this resurrection life? When death, death of one form or another, comes and and binds us together, and we sort of get sealed up, incapacitated as the disciples, paralyzed. How do we live this resurrected life when death comes? And for some of you, Myself, death has come for those we love, and it can paralyze us. It can get us to that place of incapacitated and maybe shame. For other of us, death is the loss of hope, like it's just gone. COVID has taken away your hope, a second lockdown sort of thing, and oh, man, it can cripple us. What about failures? We've made some wrong turns, and we get to this place, and we hide like the disciples did. Maybe broken relationships, disappointments. 
We get ourselves in those places. How do we get out? How do we live this resurrection life? Well, no matter how dark the surround, no matter how hopeless we find ourselves in these places, Jesus invites us. He invites us not just into the Easter story of the past, but that what happened in the past is here in the present where we live. That he is alive. He has given us resurrection life. But we need to choose to say yes to Jesus. Just like the, the six that got baptized, they said yes to Jesus. I want to follow him. Even though I got my struggles, I am going with Jesus. As one said, I want to be on that winning side. I want to be in Jesus to experience this fullness of life. So it does entail something. If you're holding on to this which is robbing you of resurrection life, this, this despair, this, uh, oh man, I've blown it, can I ask you to do something? We sang about it in an earlier song. Can you take those things that are taking away from that resurrection life, those hard places that's holding you back, can you take that to the foot of the cross? Can you bring it there and leave it at the cross saying, God, I'm just bringing you everything I have, all the things that I've, where I've blown it. Can you bring it to the cross and leave it there and say, I don't want to just live at the, the cross saying I'm forgiven, but I'm going to bring all those things, my disappointments, my struggles, my sickness, and I'm going to leave it at the cross because he died for me that I could have life. And then choose to say, Jesus, I choose today. I want to follow you. And for some of you that have said yes to Jesus, but you've caught yourself in that place of despair. Will you do that as well? I, I put here, tell Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Maybe you want to shout it in your house. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Can you do that? Who cares if the baby's sleeping? Uh, no. Uh, tell Jesus, you did die for, on the cross for my sins. And I choose this life that you have given me, this resurrection life today, to, to, to shout out, he is risen. And as the worship team comes and to sing that, I want to pray for you that you would experience this fullness that Christ has given, that we would not stay in our grief, we would not stay in our shame, but we would experience resurrection life every day, today, tomorrow. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those that are watching right now. I pray, God, that as they confess their own despair, their own shame, and they bring it to the cross, Lord, I pray as they say, I choose to follow you, would you fill them with your spirit, this resurrection life that you promise to each one that gives their self to you. Would you meet them, those that are caught, Lord, even those like the disciples between the, the emotional and the mind, and they're seeming paralyzed. I pray you would enter in, that they would experience you, to just to lift up the anxiety and the shame and to give them joy and peace and fullness.
that they can shout out today that you are risen. Amen.